In music, like in life, you can't always come out on top. And this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact. Welcome back to Flop Stars. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me as always, virtually, is my dear friend, Greg Willis. Hi, Greg. Hi, Billy. We're back. Kind <laughs> We're of. back. Just a little dip, just to check in. <laughs> we, well, what, what's happened in the last year? All, all I know is that we couldn't let 2020 end without checking in at least once with our Flopstars audience and looking back at the flop of a year that that it was <laughs> truly 2020 truly has been the floppiest year we couldn't let this year pass without checking in at least once and we thought what better time than while everyone is looking back and and giving our own take on on the year in music because even though it was such a terrible year there was a lot of great stuff that came out that we all had to sort of celebrate in our own little silos safe in our homes but before we get to that um how are you i feel like i really haven't talked to you in in length in a, in a minute how are you doing my dear it's true it's it's true it's and it's unfortunate we really have not i mean i haven't we haven't seen each other since march since this all started you know i think even was it march or was it february because I feel like the last time I saw you was that night that we went. Oh, it was March. It was, yeah, it was. It was the first week, first weekend of March when yeah I was DJing at Satellite in Silver Lake, and that was the last time I honestly went, one went out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like to a club when and last time I saw a lot of people really. Um, it's been a t- complete you know mind fuck of a year, and you know I'm doing okay. Nine months in, I feel like everyone. I feel like the whole world is used to this now. Um, we've like accepted this this kind of you know constant trauma that we're living through um, just with everything that's happening. But you know, hanging in there. Um, I have to say, music has been super helpful coping through all of this. New music yeah. that's come out, old music just that's always kind of been there, and it's certainly been strange to enjoy it. You know, and as you said, in our own silos, <laughs> making the most of it where we can. But um, yeah, it's, uh, this year's almost over, so. <laughs> I don't know that that changes anything yet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, January 1st, 2021, nothing's going to be different. Everyone's like, 20, 2021 can't be worse. I'm like, but could it? <laughs> I mean, Biden will come into office with Kamala. Like, things will start to get in the right track. Vaccines will start to be distributed. There is light at the end of the tunnel, I think. The question is just like, when does shit actually get back to, you know, quote, unquote, normal, whatever that is. It's really hard to even fathom bc like the before covid times like it feels like another lifetime at this point where we could go to concerts and and see our friends and travel it's just like it feels foreign right yeah it's amazing what what the human like mind can get used to and sort of just like adapt itself to and how you're just like oh this is what it is now and how foreign like those things that we used to take for granted feel like the idea of like doing something like that feels so so strange now like I, I do wonder like the first time that we can go be in like a public space like at yeah. a club or something like that like what that's going to feel like and whether it will feel like scary or okay or like there's going to be there's so much that's like gonna gonna play into that psychologically like when we can finally return to some version of new normal it's going to be emotional and at the same time, like you said, anxiety inducing and paranoid and 
It's yeah. like we're afraid of people. It's yeah, it's well, we shall see. I just know that everybody I feel like is antsy to get back to normal. Yeah. And as much as I was just saying that it will be scary, but like the, <laughs> the first time and I texted you this, gosh, like two weeks it ago. Was during the, yeah, I took and I, literally like I would quarantine for a month, not going <laughs> anywhere, not even like going to get groceries. And then submitting myself to three COVID tests in a row, if that meant for one night, I could just go somewhere and dance like normal. Like I would, I would do whatever it took to like get to experience that again, because it's been so hard to not have that outlet and to not be, that's, I think that of all the things that I miss, like that is truly like at the top. I, I couldn't agree more. We, you and I love music. We love, you know, the experience of, you know, being out and enjoying it and with friends and people and life you know it's a huge part of our lives so that's it has been obviously things have been a lot harder for a lot of people this year but that has been difficult and it it, you know really is it affects your mental health it's kind of like you know it's uh we're humans we crave that personal connection and we have so much to talk about i feel like 2020 was clearly meant to be and is has been an amazing year for music. We just didn't get to experience it the way that it was intended. But there's a lot that's come out, and I feel like we're gonna we're gonna have even more that's gonna come out of all of this. So I'm excited yeah. to to get talking about like our you know kind of a different year end recap than we did you know last year at the end of 2019. We did a year end recap and then a decade end decade end recap. And who knew that this year would kick off the new decade like this. <laughs> But there's been a lot. There's been a lot to, I mean, there's still more coming out like between yesterday and today. I feel like there's all this new music that I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Oh, I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. Let's get right into it. Let's I think do we it. Should, we should start looking back on, on the biggest thing that's come out of this year, which is really was like the resurgence and the return of dance pop. Like there was so much that we had to look forward to before the world fell apart that we knew was coming our way. And it, it continued in, in its own like unique roll out as as it could we have Dua Lipa we have Lady Gaga there was all of this sort of resurgence of dance pop of disco the irony of all ironies that it's the year where the only place we could dance is our living room <laughs> it is the it's like the biggest like slap in the face of of we finally knew we were going to have all this amazing dance pop coming out all this like from all of our favorite pop divas and then lo and behold we literally can't go see the tour go here in a club like we're we're dancing at home we knew Chromatica was coming when Stupid Love was dropped right before quarantine, right? And that's, yeah. I remember playing that night that we were all out together in <laughs> that song. We were all so excited. You know that Gaga was like planning like the biggest crazy Chromatica tour party. Of yeah. Tour. And then we had Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. That, these albums were already like planned, but pre-COVID they were like, this was going to be their year. And we'll talk about how it still is. But, um, and then, you know, we had Kylie release uh, her resurgence back to disco with her disco album that she recorded a lot of it in quarantine. Her, she learned how to like actually record her own vocals at her home studio in yeah. lockdown. And, and then, you know, we had Jesse Ware came out with a, a dance record, uh, which is great. Um, what's again, your pleasure so yeah, good so so good and I, I when that record came out I literally was like I remember texting friends and being like I really really want to hear this like out or live and it's driving me nuts that I can't but I'm just gonna keep pressing play on Spotify on my on my <laughs> fucking echo I think know? for for as nuts as it made us I can't even imagine what it must feel like to have you know, and obviously, the, like all the caveat to all of this is there. There are so many worse things that anyone that we speak about could have experienced this year. Yeah. But like to be an artist and to create something that is such 
a joyous experience like these albums were intended to be and are and to watch them have to be delivered to the world under such such dark circumstances as much light as they gave us like to watch them and to not get to um to not get to deliver them the way you wanted to and to not get to support them the way you wanted to and to not get to tour them the way you wanted to yeah again could be so much worse but that's got us that sucks that that really does it just I know. I, I remember yes, seeing like, you know, I know Gaga like pushed the album release back and then she she's clearly disappointed about, you know, the circumstances. And since then, you know, we've had like Dua Lipa was, you know, I, I remember seeing something of her like very upset about everything that was happening. And that one, I think she had to like, she rolled out early because it leaked. I remember mm-hmm. Future Nostalgia got pushed up because it was starting to leak because people wanted it so badly. And in, what an amazing album. And then, you know, for her to, given the circumstances, then do a, an entire remix album, Club Future Nostalgia with the Blessed Madonna and all these, you know, guest appearances that remix the whole thing, the whole project. And then to do that live stream that we both watched a few weeks ago, the studio uh, 2054, yeah. which was which has kind of become like a way for all these artists to, they can't tour, they can't really, you know, do live concerts but they can do these virtual events and that kind of becomes like a a shared experience i mean you and i and and brett and friends were like all texting each other about watching it live at the same time and that was like a shared experience and dancing in our living rooms to yeah to all you know records you know songs on the record it was like yeah okay we can't we can't like be there to really enjoy it the way we want to (laughs) together but like this is this works you know this is we, we live in the 21st century we can you know i know we're all we have like zoom fatigue by this point but but those kinds of events have been really fun. Yeah, it was. That was a great night. And and to see the way that the sort of creativity that has been fostered through the necessity mm-hmm. of the moment, I think has been really exciting and interesting. I think like, I think that was sort of like a pinnacle of what we've seen all of these artists do. But I think like, even if you're looking at the way that artists throughout the summer, like pivoted to these like virtual performances, calling into a late night show to perform or or performing virtually at an award ceremony, like just to get to see what sort of creativity was born out of this moment and who rose to the occasion and who like couldn't be bothered to. I think that was really fascinating for me too, to see the sort of things that are born out of necessity because that's sort of like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And so to see the stuff that's come out of it, of, of all the things that we've seen, I mean, obviously we, we want things to go back to normal, but what wouldn't you mind sticking around that, that we've sort of had to adapt to? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the working from home thing has been like really beneficial for a lot of people. And I would imagine that even for artists of making music, like being able to either record anywhere or do interviews anywhere or do performances from anywhere, they don't, I think that will probably stick around. Yeah, um, I can. I like. I like the idea of these virtual shows. I still want to go see it live, but the kind of to have this shared experience. It's almost like an album launch party or like something where, like, as a fan, it's exciting to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, and if it's also a way to support the artists, like, I'm, I'm for that too. And you know, I think, I think we'll continue to see to see more of that. What I haven't done this year that I, th- I think you have, but I, I haven't been to a drive-in concert. Yeah, and I don't know how two. I feel about that. <laughs> I've been to two and they were, I mean, they were at the Ventura County Fairground. I went with my parents. We went and saw Third Eye Blind in the summer. And then we went to um, like the Oingo Boingo touring oh, band, that's right. which, which doesn't include Danny Elfman. So let's take that for what it's <laughs> the rest worth. of the band. <laughs> yeah. Um, and someone else like pretending to be Danny Elfman and the sort of 
apex of that is like Queen and Adam Lambert, mm-hmm. where and this is not Queen and Adam Lambert. I'll just <laughs> yeah, hard, hard, hard equivalent, I'd say. I'll just put it at that. But I mean, I'm so grateful that those sorts of things exist, and and yeah. to be able to have got to go and hear live music in any way, shape, and form was was great was just it was something that I really needed because you know we are people you and I who saw who I couldn't even count how many concerts I had seen in the years past and so um I really do find not to get too philosophical about it but like live music and music itself is sort of like truthfully like where I see like religion and and where I where I, I I find like stuff like that and so to be removed from that has been hard and so it was great to just sort of like you know get to go hear like live drums for the first time in a long time but it is it it is it is tough in the car and you're sort of like if you're not close enough you're having to listen through it through the the fm you know feed Mm. in your through the stereo and there there's a lag between like the band itself because naturally there would be so it's not a perfect experience because there's no way it could be but again if it's a way to sort of like get people these artists to be able to stay afloat during a time like this um, I'm all for it. I will say that I have found artist accessibility to be so like they're they're so much more like available on social media, and they're they're I think like they're all just as bored as everybody else, and so that's been really um, interesting to see. And especially like from a professional standpoint, like there's a lot more accessibility to people because they're not like they want exposure and they you know they want to promote their stuff. And I think it's easier for them. Like I think a lot of artists to realize that you know oh I don't have to like tour across the world I can make them just watch me I know that it, this won't be the case but I don't want people to think like oh this is easier and cheaper and so let's just do this even when we don't have to I'm like weary of that like I don't want to yeah. lose I don't want to lose the magic of like the, the shared concert experience which I don't think we're in danger of once we can but I do no, think I, like, just, I think it'll be a while yeah I think the biggest thing will be like the touring companies who front the bills are going to be like hesitant to like fund anything for longer after just the recovery period is going to be tough but yeah the the drive-in concerts were an experience you know you're in your car we were sitting on like the bed of my parents truck you're supposed to stay in your car you're not supposed to get out you're supposed to have your mask on when you're outside of your car people are drinking and and I just like caught myself like nervously watching other people who were not like doing what they're supposed to do and so that sort of like would take me out of it because I was like oh these people are getting too drunk and I don't want them to like come near me right now. Yeah. I did sort of feel like what we were talking about a minute ago, that psychological thing that has sort of like shifted being in a space with a lot of people and where alcohol's in the mix and you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I can trust your behavior at the moment. <laughs> Completely. I, I think that's, and I think that's going to happen. That's going to continue to happen because we're all, who knows? I mean, we don't know yet, but I feel like, you know, I certainly haven't been around a lot of people in a long time and it's going to be, except for like grocery shopping or going to the post office, it's going to be really weird to like have that experience while at the same time, I'm like really desperate for like that shared experience, but also like, will I be wary of people? I don't know. I'm, it's almost weird to think that like, we used to literally just like be in these sweaty concert venues with shoulder to shoulder with people, just like bodily fluids everywhere, yeah. just like, and oh, right. And like now we think about it, and we're just like, oh my god. But and then part of me is like, oh, but I miss it. Yeah, um, I miss the naivete of it. Like I miss like yeah, not, exactly. Not, not thinking that's like something thinking to about be concerned it. about. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, I have to think that artists like miss that, too, because that's part of the a part of the reason a lot of them do what they do. But yeah, with going back to the concert thing and the touring companies, as every industry had to adapt. I remember when Live Nation and Ticketmaster were everyone was like, well, where the fuck are my refunds? What's going on with these shows? You know, there was the beginning of this. We didn't know 
we thought initially it was going to be two, three weeks, and then it was a couple months, and then now we know it's it's basically until we get all get vaccinated. Here we are, almost yeah. a year later, and you know all these concerts that were planned, you know, slowly one by one as time went on, they would get either canceled or postponed. Remember Coachella was postponed to October, and then it was postponed to April, and now it's just canceled. It's like, just yeah. fucking cancel it. I've been saying that all along. It's like, don't even postpone. There's no point in postponing these events. I still have tickets I haven't been refunded for that are because of shows from 2020 that were postponed to next year. But at this point, I'm like, realistically, are those actually happening? Yeah. Uh, probably not. So it's, and I, it, there's just, every, everything's just been turned upside down and continues to be. And who knows when that will actually be. I mean, I remember above and beyond had scheduled they were going to do three acoustic shows um at the hollywood bowl and they ultimately scrapped the whole tour in the spring and they just said we're postponing the entire tour to 2022 they were just like we're not even gonna we're just gonna push it out as far as we can you know yeah it will be interesting to see what sort of moves coachella continues to make and a lot of these tours that that just keep pushing rather than canceling because you have to think like okay if they if they just refund all these tours, like does that entire industry collapse? At the same time, like we also need our money <laughs> that we've given you that we haven't gotten anything for. So like, what if they like were like, oh, we're gonna make this concert virtual? I'd be like, okay, well, I still want to. <laughs> yeah, it's still not worth <laughs> the same no. ticket price. No. Yeah, it's wild, and it. I mean, out of all of it, the thing that makes me like the saddest to think about is the smaller like independent venues, like the small yeah. places like your Troubadours and your, you know, your small satellite. venues. Yeah, the satellite, like the places that that yeah. don't have like a like a multinational corporation like backing them, like Staples Center will be fine. No one's ever, that's never gonna, you know, but, like these little places yeah. that have so much history. I was t- talking the other day to Brett and like, I was just more thinking about like, the gay clubs that have closed in West Hollywood that have had to yeah. shut their doors and, and are gonna, you know, that's gonna continue to happen. Yeah. And I was like, when we come out of this, there will still be things like people will, re- will rebuild if, you know, there will always be something for us to go to, but the, the biggest loss is gonna be the loss of history because if these mm-hmm. places close, I don't see all of them being reopened as they were. I see the, no. the, the real estate develop, the real, you know, the people who own the buildings taking the opportunity to like, make more money on their property you know kicking them out turning it over into something new and so everything's gonna it's just the erasure of history is what is like that that fucks me up when i think about it because i i completely agree and you, you would hope that some of these venues will either be able to bounce back or at least be turned into something new and hopefully not just like a starbucks or something but yeah yeah it is sad and i think it's going to be like we were saying like there's going to be a combination of you know loss but also there's going to be trepidation on the part of a lot of people to go back to these things because we're so not used to it anymore and maybe that will be a big shift but yeah these places do need our help and i think like if anyone i mean we're all obviously under so much pressure right now but i think as music lovers if we can find it with find anything that to share to either like save our stages or music cares who are doing the work to help keep either these independent venues or the the musicians who aren't um massive stars with large bank accounts afloat in this time because these people don't have you know they don't have unemployment to file they don't that's not how their industry works um so they're they're doing the work to keep these industries that you know you and i and our listeners love that's the reason we're all here is because of them absolutely um while we weren't able to dance, it was a big dance music year, but it was also sort of like the year of the female rapper again. We like Completely. Megan Thee Stallion. Megan this is Thee like Stallion. Megan's year. 
oh my god good news she she literally it's almost as if megan's like living in a parallel world where there's not a pandemic not a slight on her <laughs> but she has been doing the most with wap with cardi she was on cardi b's that was yeah. like the song of the year and then she's literally become like every song of hers is like massive on tiktok not to I mention uh the savage remix with beyonce going yep her giving her first number one yep that was sort of like at the beginning of the pandemic but it's what's earned her a, a shit ton of grammy nominations including best new artist um super bowl deserved and also another female rapper who's fine like really really she was starting to blow up at the end of last year but blew up this year is doja cat too yep also hitting number one her and Nicki minaj on the remix of say so is the first time that a collaboration between two female rappers has ever hit number one and that gave Nicki her first number one uh, both of them nominated for best new artist both of them deserving. Although I would say that I, I would I would lean Megan just because as much as I love Doja Cat and I have stand hard for her since I've heard her, the I still I have a really hard time because she does work with Dr. Luke and Dr. Luke still produces all of her music. Say so is produced by him and he is such a piece of shit that he is under a pseudonym um on his credit. He um I can't even think of I didn't know that. Wow. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's not even credited as Dr. Luke. He uses a different name. Um, on all of on all of Doja's music, but he is still producing her. And look, I don't know what Doja Cat's reasons are for still working with him. Who knows what sort of Dr. Luke she knows? I, you know, I don't know. Doja Cat also is a problematic person. Um, from She's a little nuts. To, from time to time. A little bit. But she like puts out fucking like straight ass bops. And so it's so hard. It's, it's hard. It's hard. It is, it is hard to sort of reconcile like, me wanting to support her because I think she's good, but also like knowing that that support also supports Dr. Luke is, it's a pickle I, I find myself in. What's been really fascinating is like, you know, it's been a big year for her too, despite everything that's happened. And and she's been, she's proven to be really versatile as a live performer, like the way that she's able to take her say, song Say So and do like all these different versions of it. She did like the Chicago style cabaret version at one award show. Then she did like the like early 2000s pop punk version. Like yeah. she's been like, she's she's clearly like very talented in her own right, singer, rapper, like able to do all these different styles, which has been super cool. And then on the flip side, you know, with Megan's big year, it's like she just keeps getting like bigger and bigger. And, you know, she started off the year with, uh, savage and and then that song blew up on tiktok which i've gotten obsessed with that fucking app in quarantine because it's a <laughs> time waster and i'm like i feel too old to be using it but I, i'm obsessed and then you know she was she was a judge on that show legendary which the last episode the finale was filmed during the start of covid yeah. which is fascinating to see and since she, then, had to per- like, she had to perform savage to no one to nobody that was so weird some of these these award shows with like their virtual audience walls that they have um i don't know if you've ever seen the black mirror episode with daniel kalua from like season two of black mirror where it's like in the future obviously it's in the future and they're like competing on this game show that's like kind of like american idol um, yes and they also and they like have to compete for coins while they're at work and stuff and it reminded me these these virtual audiences remind me of that where they're like they're just in this like these chambers where no one's actually there and like everyone's in their own pods watching i was like i don't this is too much like that episode for me i mean this whole year has been a black mirror episode it's it's out black mirror black mirror like no doubt (laughs) it definitely has moving on from these artists who've had some big highs we've also had some some pop stars who were trying to make some comebacks this year yeah deliver some some albums and and unfortunately there wasn't enough space for everyone to <laughs> to connect and, and we saw some of these people fall through the cracks like you know an artist we talked about a lot in our past seasons Katy Perry was like really mounting up for her return after 
you know, after some disappointments. And did anyone pay attention to that album? I can't even remember what it was called. Can you? <laughs> Sm- was it Smile? Yeah, yeah, it was. Smile. Cry About It Later is a good song. It's a little bop. It's like probably the only one I listen to. The only one that I can like think of is the, the one that was in the Target commercial. I don't even remember. There was one that was used in a Target, I don't know what it was called, but there was one that was used in a Target commercial that like around like in the summer or something. What's another one that's like a came and went? Well, I, I think like a big debut that sort of came and went that was sort of disappointing based off of like the hype that was being built around her, like Ava Max's debut album. Mm. Just like. Really? You think that? Yeah, I don't think anyone paid attention to that album. I, I feel like when that came out, people were like freaking out about it on Twitter, or at least being like, wow, this is, I remember people tweeting about how like, they're, wow, this is like really good. Cause half the songs we already knew cause they were all released yeah. as singles already. Then the rest of the album was actually pretty good. And I think I, just I, in terms of like conversation, I don't think it was able to like break through like sure. a larger conversation in the way like, that you would hope that someone who cracked the top 10 Uh, on the Hot 100, like, there was momentum being built for her, Mm -hmm. but she was, like, still so new in the industry that when when the pandemic hit, like, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't, you know, it was easy to forget about her, I think, because she wasn't such an established star already, and I think that it sort of, like, took the wind out of the sails of whatever momentum she had pre-COVID. They are good songs. Yeah, and she put out, she just put out, like, the, um, My Head and My Heart, I think, like, for the, like, that one's actually, it sounds like something else. It uses, so it's, from, it uses a sample from that uses, old ATC around the world. La 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 la. Yes. We yeah, go okay. around the world just la 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 la. Yeah. Copyright from like 2000. Um, <laughs> and that's actually been something that I've been kind of excited about this year. There's been like some reworks of older songs. I've noticed, again, I'm going to bring up TikTok. There's like t- music that gets popular there. There was this like dan- a male vocal dance cover of the Cardigans Love Fool that actually sounds really cool. That's oh. that's that's one that's come out, and then like Ava Max sampling that that around the world song, Purity Ring, who came up with an album this year too called Womb. They did uh, they did a single that's a, a cover of uh, that old Alice DJ song Better Off Alone, but they do like a Purity Ring slowed down version. Oh wow! That actually like I didn't know that. That's such a fun dance song from the night from the late nineties, but the Purity yeah. Ring version almost makes it like a sad like song because it's Purity yeah, Ring. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's and it's so quintessentially perfect for a pandemic year when we're in quarantine and it's like do you think you're better off alone like yeah. everything makes you gives you i feel like i feel more emotion when i hear, listen to music with definitely lyrics. everything has there is such a different and why i think has been so interesting is you hear a lot of artists who put out albums for that where this music was like written in 2019 it mm-hmm. wasn't written for this time but everyone is looking at things through a different lens and it's so interesting like how you connect. I, there are certain songs that I don't know that they would have connected yeah. in 2019, but now they have like this additional emotional heft to them because of like what we're going through as a society. I think that's really fascinating. Like you hear, like I remember like in, in like the beginning of, of quarantine, there would be these songs coming out and I was like, wow, like how did they rush this? Like, this sounds like so much of this moment. And they're like, no, like we just like wrote the song that was just about like a personal feeling, but like it, it not, um, I mean, there's something great about the fact that it now takes on a greater meaning, but like it, it does sort of take on greater meanings now because of what we're sort of going through. And I think that that will be interesting as we like move forward into 2021 yeah. where everything coming out has been sort of released under 
created under these circumstances and with this new sort of mindset and and in this new world order to see what is created. But I am a little hesitant because I've also like the stuff that the people have rushed out that they have made during quarantine has been hit or miss for me. I think we can like talk about a few of those things now because I think, you know, the biggest one that we were sort of excited about at the beginning because it was such a cool project that she was undertaking was Charlie XCX who like was sort of creating an album in real time as she went into quarantine at the beginning of the pandemic and was you know really really taking fans in on that whole process and sort of showing how an album is made but then when the final product came out I was sort of like well there's a reason that we take a little longer <laughs> yeah I mean I I, do, I appreciate that she did that as a passion project and it was like definitely something that sticks out music wise like the early pandemic like the fact that she was doing that when we th- when we thought it was only going to be a few months I appreciate that she did it. There were some interesting songs on there, but yeah, I mean, compared to her last album last year, obviously it's not, there's no comparison. Yeah. Um, very Charlie. It felt, it's very Charlie and it, you know, it felt appropriate, I think for like the mood of yeah. the country and of the world. But yeah, it just, you know, it, it was, it was very, it felt DIY as in, and it was. So it totally was, can't yeah. falter there. <laughs> we can appreciate, but. And then like at the other end of the spectrum, you have like Taylor Swift who's Mm -hmm. put out two surprise albums, both of them recorded during quarantine. One just came out yesterday. Yeah, a second one dropped out of the blue, which I'm I'm assuming must have just been like songs that didn't make the cut on the first one, or or who knows, maybe she just Mm -hmm. went back and recorded a whole album, I have no idea. It's a complete 180 from from Lover, from The Sound of Lover, sort of of gone into this cottage core, like soft, folksy sound, reminiscent sort of of that safe and sound song that she did with the civil wars um, back on, on the hunger Games soundtrack. Do you remember that song? I'm like the second Vague, hunger Games vaguely. soundtrack. Is that the one that Lord produced? No, that was the sound. <laughs> Lord produced the soundtrack after the one that Taylor was on because oh, Taylor okay. like made that soundtrack like be a thing. And then they brought Lord to make it like an actual thing. That's a good um, but it sort of like felt that vibe. I think the music is like really pretty. I, I actually enjoy it. I think it's like really well done. I think it's like a little too sleepy for me. It's been getting really <laughs> rave reviews and people, I mean, it's, every critic's like top albums that's been on and, and people have been talking about it a lot. And I, I do feel like it, it's another one that's kind of captured the moment and vibe of like, instead of being the complete antithesis of like the dance pop that we've been excited about. Yeah. Like, this is actually like, let's like be sad in the woods. <laughs> kind of yeah vibe and I think what's what's interesting about it too is like these are her first she said these are her first albums where the songs aren't about her they were like writing exercises like she was creating she was just creating fictions like characters that she made up while she was alone and just like started writing songs about like things that had nothing to do with her yeah people are still um, like so, analyzing it hardcore <laughs> oh of, of course of course we published today at e-news like decoding all the easter eggs in evermore and she's like said it's an album not about her but that's what the people want they you know she's but she's created that sort of mindset so of course People are going to think even if she's saying that it isn't that it is. Mm-hmm. They're interesting. I, th- I think they're a little sleepy, but there's actually a really fun song on the on Evermore, on the new one that just was released. Obviously, we're recording this on, on Friday, December 10th when the album's come out. But it's with Haim called No Body, No Crime, I think is what it's called. And it's like imagining it's the only one that's like more it's not like upbeat but it's like more lively sort of like a goodbye earl for 2020 where she's like imagining that sd heim has been murdered by her like boyfriend and she's going to avenge her like murder and it's like totally batshit but it's actually a really (laughs) cool song heim was on the benny drama halloween special 
that's where I was like, when did I last see them? They were like dressed as the Sanderson sisters. And that was really fun. They're another one who released an album this year that I feel like was good, but kind of got. I didn't even listen to that either. Shuffle. You know what we forgot about? Talking about comebacks and like careers that like totally went on hold. Remember when Kesha released a new album in January of this year? I went to like- That feels like a lifetime ago. Literally, (laughs) I'm telling you, BC before COVID like is another, (laughs) it's a completely another lifetime, but- I'm, I got to go see her like album party debut yeah. thing at, at the iHeart Theater here. And it was really exciting. And it was like, oh, Kesha's back. And she's gonna like, she has a new album coming out. And then like the album came out and like people didn't really talk about it. And then we were in quarantine and then she canceled her entire tour. And since then, you know, it's like, that was another one that just kind of like was, people were excited about it. And then just kind of because of 2020, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it's interesting how some artists had that, have that happen. Whereas others like, it's you know Gaga and Dua Lipa have had like it's just been this is their year and Megan the Stallion like this has been their year um yeah, yeah it's been really wild to see like what works and, and what people want to listen to um speaking of what what people want to listen to I'm curious you know there's been so much new music and and I'll say like for me as much as I've like sort of loved that there has been all this new music to sort of take it it's it's been I found my listening habits have shifted one because I'm not in the car anymore mm-hmm. um which is where I I personally listen to a great deal of music and also like not being out with people where we would listen to music together I've never been like a person who just like has music on when I'm at home a lot of the time unless I'm like cooking or something but like usually like the tv's on instead of like music and when I'm working especially because I'm writing all day it's really hard for me to listen to music because I can't like concentrate on like my thoughts like to to put together a story when someone else's like story is playing in my ear. So my, my sort of listening habits have really shifted. Like if you looked, looking at my like Spotify wrapped, it was like nuts. Like the things that it said, cause it, I use that more for work and, mm-hmm. and more for like previewing songs. So I can remember what they sound like or whatever before I write about them. And that was, it said that like my favorite song was the song that I can guarantee you I've listened to only four times. So I don't know what the <laughs> hell Spotify thought I was doing this year. But I'm curious if you like, tur- if you found yourself turning to just like old classics, like favorites like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's definitely changed. I mean, well, I, you know, spending a lot more time at home, I was already working from home, I should say, you know, prior pre pandemic, but um, well, I haven't been able to DJ like out at, actual places so I was doing that a little bit virtually but but I've gotten a lot more into like building up my record collection of vinyls so I've been I've been doing this thing this year where I'll I'll preface this by saying supplemental income I was like selling old records and cds that I found and and just weird things around my apartment and getting more into ebay and using discogs which I love discogs and and I would use that and then I would have been building up my own record collection and what I've been doing is buying vinyls uh, of like my favorite albums so a lot of albums from the 90s that I've already either owned on CD or I know I know from start to finish, but yeah. I, want the, I want the actual vinyl so I can like enjoy the, vi- the sound of the vinyl in my apartment. And that's been an interesting, like completely different than how I listen to Spotify or what I listen to music when I'm working. Like I'll just put like a record on of like an album I already know so well. And I just, it's like, it's exciting for me to own that. Re-getting back into like all of the old Bass of Jacks albums. I've been listening to like, Nine Inch Nails and Smashing Pumpkins and Depeche Mode and like the I don't know if you remember the Sneaker Pimps from the '90s um, that their first yeah. album becoming X um, that that album was like has been an amazing album to listen to when I'm just like sitting around on the couch. I also like with the release of Gaga and Kylie's new albums, I've re-explored and revisited their entire discographies, which has been fun and like wanting to start collecting more of that too. Um, yeah, and that's that's been actually like really enjoyable. Is like now that 
you know, I'm usually, we're usually all over the place all the time, especially nowadays. And to have the actual time, like to listen to albums has been nice. So I've been revisiting a lot of like older music that way while simultaneously enjoying, you know, new stuff that comes out and listening to a lot of like DJ, DJ mix shows on SoundCloud or MixCloud while I work. And that's like, cause you know, you're writing stories. I'll just, I'll just be like an Excel spreadsheets copying data. And I'm just like, yeah, it's <laughs> like listening to like background techno music, but that's, that's actually been, um, you know, we do what we can. We love music. We can't see shows. We can't do things that we're used to. So that's been kind of a nice yeah. pastime. I find myself when I do, when I'm not listening to something that had come out this year, my old, my standbys are always like, you know, to tell the Google Home to put on the Confessions of, on a dance floor album. Ah, that's yes! Like, that's a, that is like always a go-to. I mean, that always. It, um, turned 15 this year. Isn't that crazy? Whew. Yeah, <laughs> very. Turn to that one. I was listening to um, a lot of Lemonade, but in particular, um, Freedom back in June and July when I was like going oh, to protest. Yeah. I was listening to Beyonce a lot um, for that, which wasn't like for comfort, but more just for like to feel of the moment. I, I, I find that a lot of times I don't like when I am listening to music that isn't like current because I am a very big, um, I, or I was, I haven't done it that much this year because I haven't had the need to. But I, I love like one of my favorite things is like putting together a playlist for like an event or like a party or something. And so I have just in my Apple Music library, just like tons of playlists. And so when I'm when I'm in the mood for something that's not new, I'll just like go and like randomly like pick out one from, I'm like, okay, this one was from like 2015. And I remember like the kind of the time. So I think I know what's like on it. I'll just play it and like be surprised by like all of the songs that, that I was like really into in that moment. So I don't like seek out like particular things, but I'm just like, I want to like go back to this like time period. And yeah. so I just like play those playlists. Um, I love that. And they all have like insane ass names. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. And yeah, I know you, you, and you, you find songs that you completely forgot about that you were like obsessed yeah. with five years ago and you don't even, and now you're like, oh yeah. And you still like know the words and it's crazy how that happens, right? Yeah. Before we take a break and get into our grand debut of our 10 pops of 2020, um, anything else you want to touch on from the year that we haven't? Let me think. Uh, everyone was playing party in the USA when, you know, when we finally found out that Biden had officially won. Uh, yeah. Or officially, but, you know, we knew he won. <laughs> Thank God. Um and Miley has had a year too that we haven't that we haven't really talked about. She's been like her whole '80s rocker persona era, which I'm loving, and all the covers she's been doing, and her song, her like she's giving us like Stevie Nicks, Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, like, and her her yeah. vocals have never sounded better. Like this, this completely suits her. She sounds great. This is definitely, um, I mean, that entire Plastic Hearts album is yeah. really great. It's so good, and it it does. It's definitely like a sound that fits her voice so well. Um, I love the the Edge of Seventeen Midnight Sky yes. mashup that she and Stevie yes. did together. Like to get, I mean, okay. when everyone is saying that this sounds like Edge of Seventeen, the only way to so- silence them is to do Edge of Seventeen with Stevie and tell everyone to shut the hell up. Um, it it is great. I I will say, I find I love Miley. I love her music, but I do find 
her propensity to create an entire new persona every time she makes new music is becoming a bit grating for me because I don't believe any of it anymore. And she's like, she has to like completely reinvent herself like every time she like releases an album to the point that I don't know who, I don't know who Miley Cyrus actually is at I don't all. know if she knows. I mean, but that sounds like yeah. someone that we, we, uh, we know really well, doesn't it? But there's always, at the heart of it, Madonna is always like this, there's still Madonna, yeah, even in true. the reinvention. And, same, and, I feel and like, Gaga too, to be fair. Gaga's still always Gaga, even yeah. though every album is a new, different thing. I think the thing for me is that Miley has a, a tendency to adopting her new persona and her new sound. She will then like shit on what she had done before and say that wasn't the real her. And I think that's what bothers me because I'm like, no, you're a person of multitudes. So mm-hmm. don't look down on what you did and what your fans loved and what got you to the point to do this now, I I always, that always like puts a sour taste in my mouth. I'm like, don't sit, like you made that and you liked it at the time. You don't, you don't have to like say that you wouldn't ever do that again. Even like, well, so you, I think yeah, that you, grow, you grow as an artist. So yeah, you're, you're allowed to evolve. But yeah, I think, I, I think a lot of artists like don't like to look backwards, which I, which is probably why they continue. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I do of all of all Miley's, I think I like her most with this one because I feel like it really does yeah. suit her. It, it seems like the album that she's always wanted to do. Yeah, Plastic Hearts. That title track is a banger. Not to <laughs> quote so bangers. The whole but. album is really good. It really is. All right. Well, let's take a break, and when we let's return, start. we are going to send out 2020 kick its ass out the door with a countdown of our top 10 pops of the year. We'll let's be right back. So as we promised, we are going to look back on 2021 last time by um, a countdown of our top 10 pops. We're not going to talk about flops. We've had enough flop in this, this year. This whole year was a flop. <laughs> Let's just take take figure out the good we're taking with us and leave everything yes. behind. Yes. Um, do you want to start off with your number 10, with your choice for number 10 pop of the year? Sure. And by pops, we're kind of talking about like albums, songs, videos, anything, moments, anything, anything music. Yes. So number 10, um, we actually haven't talked about this this episode. I'm actually going to go with uh, all of everything that's been happening with Britney Spears this year um, has, you know, we've all been following this saga probably even more closely than we were before. Free Britney movement, of course, um, everything questioning what's going on with her, but the fact that she, uh, you know, there's a re- there's a reissue that's that's coming out now that was released today on streaming of of her 2016 album Glory, the last album she did, with two new songs that were likely recorded then and now released, uh, yeah. Swimming in the Stars and Matches with the Backstreet Boys, which just which just came out like yesterday. Um, kind of living just for just to even have new Britney songs like is exciting, even though I know that like it's her label and team releasing something because they need to have something out there. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, and then there was the Mood Ring remixes that came out earlier this year. Um, I'll take New Britney, so I'm happy to have it, and and I and I love it. <laughs> I'm curious your thoughts on the um, artwork of her in chains and the that on that the part of it is very strange to me because I, with all of the talk of of the Free Britney movement and what the perception is of what is going on in her life and her freedom for the label. I don't know who is in control of picking this art. 
but it's very, it's a strange choice to me. <laughs> it's a strange choice. It does seem like that was uh, like the, the photo shoot that was done then, right? Cause it was done then. Yeah. It wasn't used as the album cover. It, yeah. It definitely has even more significance and meaning like visually now. Um, that's why I said like, I, I have, I have like a dilemma with, with wanting new music. Cause I know that like, she doesn't want to be working and they're just using this, but yeah. Um, that's a good point. I think actually did not even think about it. Honestly, my my initial thought was, why wasn't this the first cover the cover in the first place? It's so much better. But and it's probably she wanted it to be, and they didn't. And they didn't. Yeah, didn't want it to be. But they what is like so weird is that. Shot. Sorry. Right, but what's so weird is that now they would at a time when there's so much scrutiny over why this is happening. It's it's very it's all it's and it's, it's all so you know, weird. It's all very weird. Yeah. But that's a good choice. My number ten. This album came out January 10th and it blows my mind to think that we are still living in the same calendar year (laughs) as when this album came out um and I know that you're not a particular huge fan of this person but Selena Gomez rare album I will say I remain obsessed with throughout this year there is so much great work on that album the song vulnerable is in one of my top 10 is like one of the top 10 songs of the year for me um, it's another one that I think sort of was a circumstance, you know, a victim of circumstance it coming out before the the world fell apart. Right. Um, but it is one that I have turned to time and time again that I have when I'm in the kitchen and I'm talking to my Google Home that I have play. Um, there's a song Crowded Room with um, with the R&B rapper Black that samples Cassie's Me and You. That is Ooh. such a such a good song it's like this really icy like r&b song with her and this guy that samples that beat it's really good um as basic as it may make me that is my number 10 <laughs> don't, don't 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 be hard on yourself i like selena and speaking of you know if you listening to her in the kitchen have you seen her cooking show on hbo max where she's like cooking with famous chefs like famous chefs like have a, an episode where they will yeah teach her how to cook something it's kind of funny because she clearly is like does not know her way around a kitchen but um yes i watched her it's cute. She's cute. I think she's, I think she's adorable. I think yeah. she's a cute girl and I want good things for her. <laughs> All right. You're number nine. Hit me. Okay. Number nine. I'm like, I'm looking at nine and I'm like, maybe I want to move things around, but I'm actually going to, this is, you're going to laugh at this and please do. Cause you're allowed to, um, this, the Eurovision movie came out on Netflix this year. <laughs> um, and I have close personal friends of mine who are like, major Eurovision fans like literally they've gone to Eurovision like every year for the last 10-12 years and like this this would be sacrilegious for me to say but um the Will Ferrell movie with um Rachel McAdams and they're it's kind of a spoof of the Eurovision song contest in Europe but it's it's more of an ode really even though it's a comedy mm-hmm. um the music that actually came from that movie <laughs> was so good and it, it's so classically <laughs> Eurovision but like total earworms that literally Billy I could not get these songs out of my head for there was a solid tooth they were the all of the songs in this movie were on my Spotify top 100 for the year because so I, this was your Ashley O of the year this was my oh 1000 percent this was my this was my honor roll Ashley O it was double trouble it was Husific which like makes me cry it was even that Demi Lovato song she has a, she has a character in the movie there was a song called in the mirror which it was so good and it was just like, you can literally imagine these songs seriously being performed at a real Eurovision. Um, and then there's a scene in the movie when like all these actual Eurovision stars came together and they did like a medley of like Cher and Madonna and it was amazing. But um, probably like the gayest thing on my list to be, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
I'm serious. If you haven't seen this movie, it's really fun. You'll get addicted to like these these catchy catchy songs. Um, but I'm gonna that's a guilty pleasure, and I'm, I'm not gonna be ashamed about it. All right, no, <laughs> living your truth. I haven't seen it. We, I never. That was one that I. Oh, didn't. you guys would like all it. the things I've watched this year. You guys we'll would. Uh, you, you and Brett would uh, trust me. You would love it. <laughs> um, my number nine is a pair of singles out of South Korea. Um, that were huge this year. One from the Time Entertainer of the Year, BTS, their first all-English single, Dynamite, which is such a bop that I can never get out of my head. And from their female counterpart, Blackpink, actually tying into my number 10, their um, collaboration with Selena Gomez, Ice Cream, which was also a damn bop. Um, I, yeah, these two songs, they had to go together because every time I play one, (laughs) The other one immediately comes up on YouTube or wherever I'm listening to it. So they are like one entity for me. Um, But they're just, they're both so good. And there's like seven different versions of Dynamite that BTS has released. They just like, they just released one this week that was like a holiday version that just adds like sleigh bells into it. Oh my God. (laughs) The lyrics don't change, but there's just like sleigh bells added into the production. That is Um, so funny. But anyway, yeah, they are. Th- that's my number nine. I, I, Blackpink, I've gotten more into this year, and they have that that uh, doc docu docu uh, yeah documentary on Netflix. That song, how you like that? The video, the song, like, is still like always a go. Their videos are their videos are insane. Next level, completely. Next level, next level. It's wild. All right, number eight. Um, so going into like the dance music realm, um. Zoo, uh, who's a big producer, DJ, uh, did a song with uh, Bob Moses, another group that I'm that I love. It's called Desire. It's totally like a like a trancey, techno-y kind of darker sound that I'm really that I really really vibe with, and I listen to a lot of when I'm working. Um, a song mm-hmm. called Desire, that is so like when you hear it, you're just like you want to keep listening to it and you want to listen to it again. Um, and then just uh, it's been out for a while, and I, I love it. And then just recently, like in the last week or so, uh, this DJ Charlotte Dewitt. Um, released her remix of this same song. Um, and she was recently voted number one DJ in the world by uh, DJ Mag's annual poll of its readers. Um, so she's having her ah. moment. She's like this Belgian female techno DJ who's like just, she's been doing, also been doing a lot of like these, you know, virtual DJ sets that all the DJs have been doing. But this is a song that's kind of uh, been one of my go tos. Um, and yeah, just that's that, that song alone. <laughs> cool. How about you? My number eight are a pair of albums from this from like my little indie world. Um, two albums that came out this year that really sort of like the, the groups aren't similar, but in my mind they are for some reason. One came out in February, one came out in August. Tain and Paula's The Slow Rush. Yes. And Washed and Washed Out's Purple Noon, which came out in August. Ooh. Um the, the Slow Rush, the one more year ends up being like the most unintentionally um, apt song for 2020 because it's just about waiting a year. <laughs> so it's just wildly um, on on brand. And then Washout's Purple Noon, the music is so, it felt at the moment, at the end of summer where I just was like, I need a vacation and obviously I couldn't have one. The, this music felt like vacation to me. Sure. Um, it, it, there's like, his his song the sound of this album kind of reminded me a little bit of like chris isaac's wicked game but like for 2020 with like electric sound mixing it's just um 
they were on repeat when I just needed an oh, escape. Oh man, Chris Isaac, that's a throwback. My aunt was obsessed <laughs> with him. Um, my aunt Patty I remember like, when I was young, my dad used to be like, this is the one of the sexiest songs here. <laughs> that Chris it kind of really is though. And he, it is. And he, and he was too, are... to be fair. Yeah. Um, that's uh, Tame Impala. I just heard that their album recently and it's so good. It's definitely an album that you like. So I have like these lights that I got in my room that I can like these like uh, reflect onto the ceiling. So turn all the lights off and have them on the ceiling and like put headphones on and like that is the vibe. Uh, yeah that's the vibe that is uh, it's, yeah it's, it's a headphone album it's to find it's a one to get on vinyl for sure um for that's sure. a that's a good choice i love his vocals they're so like in space all the time you know what i mean yes that yeah and that album the, another thing like disco and we, we said like dance mm-hmm. dance pop was so big this year but really like disco was so big this year yeah. there was disco influence in like everywhere you looked and totally. on that album there's so much disco influence too the, the irony of, like, more spacey the sort of like more spacey, um, like the end of the night disco feel, like that was really present in in um, the Slow Rush. So yeah, those were those were two albums that really became like one thing for me. Those are good choices. All right, number seven, hit it. <clears throat> Another kind of random song and bop that I kind of just threw on here because I realize I every time I listen to it, I it's like a great driving song, but. It's a song by two artists that aren't as well known, but together they they made a bop. It's Zara Lar- Zara Lar- Zara Larson Zara Larson yeah Zara Larson and Sabrina Carpenter's song Wow. Um, mm-hmm. It's it could be thought of as flash in the pan, but it's catchy, it's boppy, it's fun, it's drive to it, it's turn it up, it's uh, it's like that that yeah. This song will get stuck in your head, and that's that song's a vibe too. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. My choice for number seven um, is a song from Shay Diamond, um, the trans like soul artist. Mm. Um, the song's called I Am America. And it was the theme song to HBO's We're Here, the show with Shane oh, yeah. and Bob. Oh, that was such a good Eureka. show. I love that Such show. a good show. Um, and the song, the theme song was so great. I remember when I first heard it, I didn't know that it it was Shay singing it and it, the, the vocal actually reminded me of John Legend. And I was like, that's crazy they got John Legend is. And then I was very off base. Um, but, but the song is so great. Like it's, um, you know, just especially for like this year, it, it was, the, she's just like saying, you know, like she's America too and, and we're here. And, and it, it, it really became like an anthem for me, especially during a 4th of July where I wasn't really proud to be an American. Um, yeah, I think it, a lot of us thought that it was. Way. It was something that I latched onto, and it's it's one. It's just a fantastic song. Justin Justin Tranter works with her, mm. um, and produces her music, and and worked his magic on that, like he works with everyone else. Um, it's it's a really great song, and and really, her voice is just incredible. Her story is even more incredible, but than her voice. But her, she sounds so great. She's so good on this. It's song. a good pick. I I I watch every episode of that show, and I cannot remember the theme song. I'm gonna have to re-listen to that now. Yeah, when you hear it, you'll. I'll know. Yeah, you will. All right, number six. Um, okay, so um, <clears throat> we haven't talked a lot about a lot of male singers, which we usually don't anyway. Um, but uh, Troy Sivan has also had a, a um, had some really great music come out this year. His In a Dream EP it was like every song is perfect in my opinion, and it's another one that like I just put on my headphones and listen to it. Um, and yeah. earlier this year when that came out and Rager Teenager and Easy was just like so 
like just catchy and was like I was I I still am like singing them all the time to myself. Um, and then he most recently just re-released Easy with uh, I did a video and, and um, a rework with Casey Musgraves and, and Mark Ronson and just came out yeah. this week and. Even more so, I literally like had a dream the other night where, well, not a dream. I woke up and it, the song was like in my head. I couldn't get out of my head. Um, <laughs> but like, this house is a fire. Woo! It's like yeah. me singing. I am obsessed. I love. We love Troy, and I'm. This EP was great, and he's. It's been kind of fun to follow him on social, doing his like you know, uh, Australian twink adventure through 2020. But. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's so good. I, I just, his voice, it's like, and the music is so good. My number six are a pair of albums from some indie pop girls who I love, who put out new e- new LPs this year, early in the year, one in February, one in April. Um, Ali X's Cape God mm. and Empress Of's um, new album called I Am Empress Of. Um, Cape God is... <sighs> That album is so good. The really good. super duper party people. Um, Life of the party is such a fucking like gut punch of a song wrapped up in like candy that it's what she, the, the work that Allie did on that album is mind blowing. Um, just the, the sort of world she created and the story she was telling and then making them so tasty with the sound of it while you're just like, oh, this is dark. Um, and then Empress <laughs> of, um, who I've just sort of got into with this album, I Am Empress Of, it's really just fucking fantastic, fantastic, like uh, electro pop, indie pop, synth pop sound. She's she's phenomenal and I cannot recommend the album more. You got really good picks. Um, you're putting mine to shame. I've got like some basic <laughs> pop stuff. These are, no, those Shush. are really, really good. I completely forgot about Ali X's album. That was really good. It came out earlier this year and Empress Of is good. Um, those are great. Those are great picks. I want to like, like move mine around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at the halfway mark. Yeah, where are we? We're number five. We're number five. You know, I'm like looking at my list and I'm like, mm. uh, well, I, I mentioned this earlier and this is more of like not an album or one particular song, but um, we were talking about kind of these reworks of older dance songs. And I kind of chose that as like a moment that I've been really enjoying, as I mentioned before. Um, Purity Rings rework of Better Off Alone, Ava Max's like sampling of Around the World from My Head to My Heart, Claptone's rework of Miles Drop the Pressure, but um, but, but mo- probably most prominently in my right now for me is Io's uh, redo of Castles in the Sky, which was like a trance rave classic in like 2000 and those vocals and um, sadly Io, who's an amazing techno producer, passed away a couple weeks ago and that was a really like sad news for the entire electronic music community and i was i was really shocked because i had literally like he dropped this castles in the sky remake like a couple days before um yeah he'd been really active on social media like you know he's been releasing a lot of songs this year he had a um an ep come out with this canadian singer called lights um 444 mm-hmm. 4 that i've been obsessed with earlier this year the songs on annihilation and run and like just he had another song called in my head this year and like all of his songs like it just made me want to sit and like listen to all of his music um, so maybe this is more of a tribute to io really number five yeah he his music really made a huge impact on me and i feel like um on a lot of people like in, in that world and it's really sad that that you know he passed away so 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 young and so soon because i think me like a lot of people were really, really excited to once we get out of this to you know he's one that i really wanted to see live um 
So that's sad, but you know, in, in, in tribute to Io and his work, I, I'll say this, that, yeah. Yeah, and number five is not in tribute to anybody, <laughs> but it is a pair of singles from the Birds of Prey soundtrack that we were all obsessed with before the world fell apart. Um, Megan Thee Stallion and Armani's Diamonds. Oh yes, Cat's Boss Bitch. Yeah, because we cannot forget how good those songs were. They were and so I remember good. it. So I remember that last night dancing at the satellite when Boss Bitch played and we all just like lost our minds to that, like getting to dance to that. That song is just so fucking hype. Like, I don't care where you are or what you were doing. That song is so hype. And to be like, I just can't wait to be able to dance to that with friends again, because we, our time to enjoy that was cut so short. <laughs> but you, those two songs were so good. You know, there's going to be like, we talked about this off before yes. together, but there's going to be this like moment where everyone's going to want to hear music from 2020. I don't know if it's going to actually be traumatic or if it's going to be like, we can finally go out and, ex- and like enjoy the way this is meant to be enjoyed. Like literally everything. Like, I feel like there's going to be nights devoted to just that. And I, oh, yeah. I will I mean, happily do that. Yeah, if you're, you know, I think that's a smart move for a promoter to like host a, a monthly 2020 night where the music is all just the music that we weren't able to celebrate when it came out, that we weren't able to dance to collectively and just like get to get to live, relive that moment that we that was taken from us. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that that will happen. And like, at least like in the beginning of when we're finally, or I mean, how's it gonna work? Are people gonna be like, as we slowly get vaccinated, are people gonna slowly start to be able to get back to normal? And then we're gonna have like FOMO of people that can and can't, is that how it's gonna be? I don't know. I feel like we're all gonna get it at the same time. Like our, our, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna stop talking because I have no idea. All right. Moving right along, but what's this, your number four? This brings me to number four, and I have to include it because we have to acknowledge it, but WAP, it was, that was like the song of the year for uh, a lot of people, <laughs> directly yeah. for social media. Um, literally like parent reaction videos on TikTok are hilarious to the song. Um, but when that video came out, and it was like one of these, like everyone was already really excited about this collaboration between Cardi B and, and Megan Thee Stallion and the video and the song. And then like, it just has become like this phenomenon all year. Yeah. Uh, the most ridiculous song, but yet still the lyrics are like so truly poetic. Um, and it's just like, you, it's an instantly stuck in your head as soon as you hear it, as ridiculous oh, as the sure. song is. I'm obsessed. I hear that that sample of that guy saying there's some hoes in this house. I hear it, that's just in my head all the time. <laughs> All the time. It's so um, so good. It's so good, and the video was was so great too. The video is so fun, and and I think like really like the way that that song sort of permeated and penetrated the culture quite in that literally. moment. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it I like when I was working on like stuff about like what the song of summer was and seeing what Billboard like declared their song of summer based off of their charts or whatever, and it was a song by DaBaby, who I don't listen to. I was like, in one year, five years, 10 years, are we going to remember that song by DaBaby? No, I don't think we're going to. We're all going to remember WAP. Like, we're never going to forget WAP. Like, WAP was, if WAP wasn't the song in the summer, you're right, WAP was, like, one of the songs of this year, 100%. The song of the year, like, one of, and I think the other thing that was a big deal was, like, when that video came out, it was one of the first, like, new videos that was filmed during COVID that we actually got, because... It had been a while, you know, it, you know, it was early on still, but like 
the fact that that was filmed during COVID and released, and then like, it was like, oh, this is like, okay, this is happening. And all the cameos in it, we got yes. Normani, Rosalia, Kylie Jenner, like, just to see all those, like, it was like a, a real event moment. It was. And I was like, oh, we, we can still have this, we can still have this, Music even though everything moments. is terrible right now, like, we, we can still find a way to do this, yep. which, like, the perseverance and the way, the, you know, the ingenuity behind it, yeah. My number four um, was a release, a film release from July, um, a little thing called Black is King. Oh, um, yes. The one uh, Queen Bay. Another event. Um, I mean, taking, obviously the music itself wasn't new. It was the the companion soundtrack she made for The Lion King released in 2019. A gift. But, but just, you wanna, you wanna talk about a gift? Black is King was the gift. Mm-hmm. The vi- I have never seen anything that looked like that in my entire life. The visuals from beginning to end were just so striking and so incredible. The choreography was mind blowing. The, the costumes, everything was just so incredible. Such a love letter to a place and to a culture and, and just the latest and greatest reminder of why Beyonce is the queen. Like it was just beyond, it was so good. It was just so good. <laughs> Perfect of as usual, of course, and it was visually stunning. And it was like, you know, Lemonade when that premiered on HBO, that was like a true event. And this was, you know, obviously streaming like more accessible, like at your leisure, um, but really exciting to sit. To, it was like something that you wanted to sit and like really enjoy and watch from beginning to end without interruption. And yeah, and the fact that I, we already kind of knew the music was also kind of fun. I think because it was like now we got to see like an entire visual interpretation. Yeah, and um, how she was going to bring those songs that we already knew to life. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good pick. Are we down to top three? I wonder if ours we are. Similar. I wonder what what, <laughs> what the order is. So I'll start. Um, number three, Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia Year, the album, the singles, the remix album, Club Future Nostalgia, the live stream event, Studio 50, 2054, all of her performances like virtually whatever all year um the collaborations the just the the as you mentioned before like this this sort of like resurgence of disco but also like this future to use the word literally like version of disco and to see her evolution and um just hallucinate levitating don't start now physical i mean a perfect album yeah truly well we are I'll get to her in a second because we are <laughs> diverging in order a little bit. My number three, um, though, and and I, this is where we are. I know who I know. I know what you have that I don't, which because this number three, you're not going to have. I, I already know that. My number three is Chloe and Hallie. Oh, good choice. Um, and their album, on, not only their album on Godly Hour, which is next level future R and B, future music. Their harmonies are insane the production is so good chloe produces or co-produces every song that they release like they're not just like talent you know they're the whole package um that album is so good and but also going back to what i was talking about before about sort of the inventiveness of these virtual performances every time chloe and hallie had a performance at some show it was something they had never done before um, I remember the first one, like on, it was a Today Show concert series was like in a tennis court in their parents' house. And like they were filmed from above and it made them look like they were like in water. Like they just somehow found ways to to really just, the creativity was off the charts with these two in the terms of what they did in 
with the limited way they could do it. Um, I think it was the BET Awards where they performed and they danced and then there was like another pair of them and they danced with each other. It was just performance after performance was just insane. They're so good. And I, um, I'm just obsessed with the two of them. What was the one where they performed at like the chapel with the drag queens? What was that for? Do you remember? That, yes. Um, that was also a great performance. I can't remember what award show that was. Was it? Was it GLAAD Awards? Yes, it was the GLAAD Awards. Yeah. Every, all these virtual Fantastic. performances, I can't remember what's what. But, yeah. but that one was really Amazing. good too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they, really great. Their, their voices, like even just acapella, like I saw either Vanity Fair or Vogue or one of those <clears throat> does these series with different artists where they have to like come up with songs based on a word. They the song association. Song association. Oh, and, yeah. And there's yeah. like, it's just, it's amazing just to, just to watch them and like literally see their minds work and how musical they are as beings. It's, it's really incredible. Number, Number two. two uh, well, mine's so obvious. Uh, Kylie Minogue's disco. <laughs> I've been so excited for it all year. You know, another disco, my top three are, are dance pop. Disco, the whole album is incredible. The first half more than the second. Well, there's some songs on there that like, you know, you, I, I love the whole album. And then there's the songs that you go back to over and over again. Real yeah. Groove, Last last Chance. Um, uh, just love it. And and then she did her, um, her, uh, her Infinite Disco live stream that for me was an event. And to, just to have Kylie do like a, just classic Kylie, just like she's, she's mature. She's, you know, she's, she's, classy and elegant but disco and yeah. fun and and she did like this her old songs with her new songs but all in this like veil of like glittery disco and it was really really like a, just an incredible thing to enjoy and she's yeah. been having an interesting year like being really open and honest about how it's been and recording this and and you know I think I think that's another thing I'm excited for like in the future is to be able to actually see these songs live hopefully um but that that's been yeah. a, another one to dance to at home for me yeah that's a good one. I, I left it off just because I knew that you were going to cover it. So it's like I made room for some other stuff because I knew that we would we would get to it at some point. I'm so predictable. <laughs> no, I mean, so my number two, obviously, um, you've already touched on her and her contributions this year, but it's Dua Lipa um, from, from, from the Future Nostalgia release in the end of March to the club Future Nostalgia in August, the remix. Um, with with fucking Missy Elliott and Madonna. Yes, levitating. Uh, although I will say, Madonna phoned it in, but Missy yes. really fucking delivered on that. Yes. So good. And then and then just the Studio Fifty Four event, the Studio Studio Twenty Fifty Four event, excuse me, itself just to sort of cap the year off for her, um, followed by her Grammy nominations oh, um, and hopeful wins. But just to give us that sort of. Uh, that moment, that thing we could all share together. Um, it was like the first thing outside of trauma that we've all collectively shared this year where I really felt a connection that I hadn't felt with so many people for so long. Because yeah. I feel like the the sort of collective, collective connections we've had this year have all been based around things that have really like damaged us, whether it's the pandemic or whether it was the protest or whether it was the election, which thankfully it went the way we wanted it to, but was, mm-hmm damaging for so long for so many um but so to have this moment where we all could sort of just like collectively just feel that joy and the 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 part in it when Kylie came out and they performed together 
I just like, I, I would have like, I texted you. I was like, I would have paid lots of money to get to be in that room. I was so jealous of those dancers who got to be in that room. Like it was, oh, man. it was just, it was such a great moment and such a, such a great thing that we all got to share together in a year where that those moments were so few and far between. It felt like a weight lifted momentarily, like a sigh, like we had a, a moment of like a sigh of like, okay, we can, we can still like release a little bit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Are we, are we at right, number one? The time one? has come. We're at number one. And I think we could just like go at the same time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because if you're, if you're following along at home, I'm sure you've gathered by now <laughs> who and what our number one is. Uh, barely talked about it this whole episode, I feel like. Um, but Chromatica. Chromatica, of course. <laughs> that's the album of the year for me. I mean, come on. Like, that's, yeah. That was literally my top five or even maybe even top 10 on my Spotify wrapped this for the year. Like more than half were, the top five were Gaga. Like, and, and or four maybe. And Rain On Me, of course. I mean, that song with Ariana, that is the song of the year, I, in my opinion. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. And what, what, and what, sure. what is, again, talking about like lyrics and songs that like might, might have been written before, but like how perfectly timed has that been? I mean, the, the line, I'd rather be dry, but at least I'm alive, yes. has like really just become my mantra for 2020. I'm just like, completely. Well. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather be doing um, something else, but at least I'm still moving, still living. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, no, that album and, um, you know, the sign from above really touched me that, that song, I, I, I don't know if it is, but that song really feels to me about like those two artists, her and Elton John, Mm -hmm. like about their addictions and like overcoming them and like using music to do that. And I, um, in a year where I have been embracing sobriety and I'm almost at my one year mark like congratulations (laughs) thank you that song really um I just I love that song and and then just for when it falls into that drum and bass outro is just like mind-blowing it's so good but the whole album is just it's you know the stuff that she's writing about like 911 for her talking about you know her mental health in that song um and one of one of that video is incredible. That is such a good video too. Yeah, that one really with that video, like when you watch it the whole time, when you first time you watch it, you're like, what the fuck? And then when it when you realize what's happening and then you get to the end and then you're you're it's like a punch yeah, to the heart. You're just fuck, like, it's like yeah, Whoa. it's a real gut pun. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's the album is it's it's really it's it's just fun and it's great and there she's she's really you know, I just, we love her here. We, we love, love her We so love much. Gaga. And the fact that she was able to explore like 90s house and dance music, but then like you said, but that fun dance party music, but then with lyrics that like really do have a deeper meaning and that are clearly coming from like a very personal place. And, and uh, you know, it's combining those two is so fascinating and, and what a year to do it. And, and to have, you know, it's interesting that she, like, unlike Dua or Kylie or a lot of artists, she hasn't really, well, she hasn't really done like her own virtual event. She did obviously the VMAs uh, medley, which was probably a a standout um, televised moment for me of the year where, you know, she had Ariana come out for rain on me. She did the stupid love about the piano and then the dance. And then, you know, she, she, she literally did the chromatica two transition to nine one one live because she (laughs) knew everybody wanted that. Um, And, and, and wearing the mask the whole time, singing with the mask, like having all the dancers in masks and and speaking about how it's so important. Like 
a lot of people are not, a lot of artists are not doing that. And Gaga, of course, is going to, you know, stand up and be yeah. vocal and, and about what's right. Um, I think it's just, it, it's more, more than just being a really great dance record. It's like it hold the whole era. It's like, it's, it's, it encapsulates you know, yeah. everything we love about her. And I, I will say I am hopeful and excited for the possibility that she will perform at a Biden inauguration. Oh, yeah. In January <laughs> 2021. What? Do you think Miley will do party in the USA? <laughs> I feel like that I was a- She'll probably be at, I don't know, but I, I feel like Gaga will probably sing the national anthem. You're probably right. And and now that she's like friends with Joe Biden, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. That that what and then hopefully we'll get like 2022 chromatica tour dates. <laughs> yes, uh, we can only hope. Can we just go there, please? Can we just be like taken on a spaceship? Uh, sign I'm, me I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, that al- that, well, that album ending on that Babylon. Sorry, that ending on Babylon. Uh, can we talk? Babylon about that is. Song? Uh, we. Can. You know, for those of you listening at home, there is a there's a lost episode of Flop Stars out there in the ether that we recorded um, in the middle of the year when we attempted to to get season three off the ground at a time when it just became very evidently clear that it was not the right time for a show of this nature, um, for us in our lives, what we were going through, and also for what the world was going through. It just wasn't the right time. But we did sit down and maybe we'll release it one day, maybe we'll redo it, but we did talk about that album. And Babylon is just, I mean, like I, I, I remember saying, it, those three, those last three songs on the album, from "Sign from Above" into uh, "Ending with Babylon," that I just love the the conclusion of that album so much. Babylon is so wild, and it's such a fuck you to Madonna and, and referencing Vogue, and it's just, it's yeah, it's so good. I, I, I wasn't sure if you, if we were, I was thinking about bringing up our, our lost episode. Um, <laughs> Which was actually about Lady Gaga, yeah, and the whole episode, and maybe we will release that eventually as like an, like from the archives, kind of uh, yeah, it, a moment, it's a moment in, time. in time, yeah, <laughs> crystallized in amber. <laughs> um, well, what a year it has been! I feel like we've only really just scratched the surface of this wild, wild year, um, but it's been such a joy to get to to do this with you and. Same. And who knows, hopefully, who knows what 2021 has in store. Maybe this is just the beginning of something. Maybe it's just a check-in. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> For sure. In the meantime, you know, go listen to some Christmas music, maybe Holly Dolly Christmas. And <laughs> and stay safe and stay inside and wear a mask if you have to leave your house. Yes. This is not a joke, people. Please yep. take care of yourselves and take care of your neighbors. Listen to your and music at, at together. home. Yes. <laughs> the only way we get out of this is if we get through it together. So that's right. That's everyone right. needs to do their part. That's right. Well, my dear, this has been so much fun. Completely. But for now, we say goodbye. Bye. And goodbye to 2020. Yes, please. See you later, friends. Bye.